There was a uh, scene in the Bible uh, right before Jesus was arrested and right before the cross. And of course, we know the sequence of events. Um, There's that Garden of Gethsemane scene when they come, Judas has betrayed Jesus, they arrest Jesus. Um, Judas ends up committing suicide. Um, Jesus is tortured and there's a mock trial and uh, he's guilty in their eyes um, of their false accusations uh, even before the trial took place. Jesus dies on the cross three days later. He rises from the dead. Right after Jesus rises from the dead, there are 40 days when he is still on the earth and is witnessed by over 500 people. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. Well, this is right before uh, the arrest. Jesus knows that he only has a little bit of time left on the earth. He knows he has just a little bit of time left with his disciples. So he decides that he is going to say some things to them uh, that he wants to make sure gets in their core, gets in their core being. And so here he is, and there were other things. Uh, there was the Last Supper, and he said some things there. Uh, there. There were a couple of other occasions right at the end. He talked to them about how they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, I will go away, but another comforter will come, and he will not be with you in the sense of just walking with you, but he will be inside of you. And of course, we know that is the promise of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and so here Jesus is on the occasion we're going to talk about today, and uh, he is just with his disciples, he's, he's with his team, and um, he just does something that, that shocks them, that just blows them away. He puts a towel around his waist, and he fills a basin with water, and he kneels down on his knees in front of men he created. Now, I think that's important that you understand that. These are men he was in the, in the development, in the process of their very existence. A lot of people don't understand that. We have this picture of Jesus kind of really, um, we know he's been here all the time. You know, we've studied who is Jesus in our last sermon series, and he said, I am, and we found out that that meant Uh, He was saying, I am God, and we know God's eternal past, eternal future, and God is just eternal in both directions. So Jesus was saying, I always have been. I didn't come about in Bethlehem. That's when I took on human flesh, but I always have been. So we don't really really understand a lot of times when we don't think about the fact that Jesus was actually here during the creation. And it gets really, really clear in the book of Hebrews talking about how Jesus Christ was involved in the creation. And I wanted to just make that point today as we talk about this scene in the New Testament because Jesus is on his knees about to wash the feet of men he created. And they are just sitting there, standing there with their mouth just gaped open. They can't believe what they're seeing. Now, to understand why they're so amazed, you have to understand the culture of that day. 
Back in that day, of course, you know, men wore sandals. Women, everybody wore sandals, and most of their travel was on foot. And so uh, back in the Bible times, they had some nasty feet. And so when you walked into a person's house, if that person had any... um, um, you know, income or, or, or had any level of, of success or, or um, uh, prosperity in their life, they had a servant who would meet you at the front door and it was that servant's job to ask you to sit down on a little bench or sit down on a chair. And then that servant, that slave, that slave sometimes, uh, it was a slave, would get down on their knees and untie or unlatch your sandals And then he would put your dirty foot in the water and he would cleanse you, cleanse your feet, and refresh you. It was very refreshing after a long, hot journey to have your feet washed, to have your your feet cleansed. And so they know that the only person who does what Jesus is doing in this picture, uh, we're in John 13, we'll go there in just a minute, but they know that... They're like, what is up with this? And Jesus washes their feet. Um, How many of you grew up in a church where they did some feet washing, foot washing services? Uh, I did too. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, When Jesus finished washing their feet, they... um, They just were looking at him and just trying to figure out what was going on. And Jesus then tells them and explains to them what's going on. So let's look at what Jesus says in the book of John chapter 13. Look what Jesus says. Jesus says so. Now you, and I'm going to just help you understand it. Jesus is saying now you've, you've seen what I've done. You just watch it. I, I can tell by your faces you're freaking out. And Jesus says, so if I, the master and teacher, and really that's one Greek word there, master teacher. So if I, the master teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. He says in verse 15, I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do it. You do it. I grew up in a church uh, where you had uh, uh, foot washing services or feet washing. What do you say, foot or feet? Well, we washed both of them, so it must have been feet. So what we would do, though, and my mom and dad are here today, and my mom and dad are the reason I'm a Christian. They're the reason I'm a preacher. Mom and dad wave right there. That's mom and dad right there. And um, if they get up and walk out, it's because they don't agree with something I said. But anyway, no, it's not true. They're here to support their son, pray for him, because they know he ain't right. So, <laughs> so um, we, would have, we would have quarterly business meeting. Who knows about quarterly business meeting? I was a little boy, but I could tell those people wanted to cuss. They wanted to cuss. Now, they didn't cuss, but I could tell they wanted to. I mean, it didn't take much discernment from a little boy to go, I believe that man right there could cuss. He'd cuss right now. You know, I just knew it was tense. 
Well, right after we did that, then we'd go have communion together. And after a church business meeting, you need a drink. I'm telling you right now, you do. <laughs> I know y'all are sitting out there going, did he just say that? And we got visitors and everything here, you know. But we would have communion, and then we would split up. Y'all remember this? And the ladies would go in one place, the men would go in another place, and, and we would literally wash each other's feet and sing songs, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. We, it really was good because some of us needed to get saved again, you know, after the quarterly business meeting. And so it was really wonderful, wonderful, and, um, and I, I've seen God do some incredible, amazing, miraculous things uh, in those kinds of services. As a matter of fact, um, uh, a man came in my office not long ago. Uh, it's been maybe a year, a couple of years ago, and he, he knew some uh, things were going on that were kind of tough for me. And, and uh, he said, Pastor, uh, I want to meet with you in your office. And uh, his name's Joe Hackett. I don't know if Joe's still here, but Joe's in the early service. And he said, I want to just uh, meet with you in the office. And Joe came in my office with a towel and a basin of water. And... Uh, I started crying right off the bat because I knew I was there. And I slipped my shoes off. And he said, Pastor, I just want to refresh you. I just want you to know I love you. And he got on his knees and he washed my feet. Now, if somebody had walked in right then, they'd have gone, whoa, what is happening here? I understand that. <laughs> but it's just me and Joe, man, me, Joe, and Jesus, all right? <laughs> and he prayed for me and he refreshed me and and I appreciated that. So I, I have no qualms with actually doing foot washing. I, I think it's an awesome thing. We, we had a marriage retreat one year, and at the end of the marriage retreat, the husbands washed their wives' feet. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But I want to tell you what Jesus was saying here. Jesus wasn't saying, I washed your feet, so now go wash your friend's feet. He wasn't saying it in that way. Now, he's okay if we do that, and that is one of the ways we can serve our friends and serve those around us. Here's what Jesus was saying. Listen to me, listen. Jesus was saying, I've served you. I have served you in humility, in total humility, on my knees, I have served you. I have done for you what a slave would do for you, what a slave would be required to do for you. I have done that of my own accord and joyously have I served you. Then he said to them, now you, us here today in Whitley, you go serve. You go serve. When, when the feet were washed, two very distinct things happened. They were cleansed and refreshed. Jesus has cleansed me and refreshed me many times. And I want to tell you something. I am not a perfect man, and I still need him to cleanse me. And I still need him to refresh me. But here's what God's saying to Whitley Church today. He's saying, as I cleansed you and as I refreshed you, now go into the world where people do not know me and just refresh them so that they might come to me for cleansing. 
Y'all out there? And then he said, verse 16, I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. Look at verse 17. If you understand what I'm telling, you act like it. You ever talk, that sounds like he's talking to kids, don't it? You ever said that to your children? First of all, you start off when you're disciplining, you start off with this. Who's your parents? Because I know it ain't me. Anybody act like that? If you're my son, act like it. You ever said that to a kid? Y'all look so holy this morning. Y'all look <laughs> little halos out there. Act like it. That's what Jesus is saying if you understand what I'm telling you, don't just understand the truth. Don't just understand the truth. Don't just say amen, amen, that's good preaching right there, pastor, that's a really good preaching. Jesus said, don't just agree with me. Don't just understand me. He said, act it out. Walk it out. Live it out. That's the word of God to the church today. And then he says, what will happen if we will? You will have a What? Blessed life. Now, let me tell you that we don't vote on much here at the church. We don't vote on much. We don't have quarterly business meetings. We don't vote on much, but we're going to vote on something this morning. Who here today is in favor of a blessed life? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, if you're against a blessed life, come up after the service because you need some prayer. We're all for a blessed life, but we don't... But, but we're missing it on how you get that. Because, see, the world is saying the way you get a, a blessed life is that you get all you can, you can all you get, and sit on the lid. Isn't that what the world tells you? They say things like, um, you better look out for yourself because nobody else is going to look after you. You better, you better pull it all in and... Growl when somebody looks like they are going to want something you got. I know people who live their lives like that. I know people who go to church and live their lives like that. Did I say that out loud? Did that come out out loud? Because sometimes I think things and it just comes out. People who go to church and live their lives like that. Jesus is saying to us the opposite. Listen carefully to this. Now, I'm going to give you this key to victory this morning. I'm going to give you this key to joy. I'm going to give you this key to the blessed life. But I can't make you take the key and unlock the bondage that's in your life. You've got to choose that. But God, Jesus Christ, gives us the key to a blessed life. He basically says to us, and I'm telling you right now, you could teach this in preschool, kids' church, and they would understand it. Here's what Jesus is saying to us. If you will give away what I give you, I'll give you more than you ever dreamed I would. That's what he's saying. He's saying if, and y'all have heard me say this so many times, I know it can become something that's just so familiar to you, you don't listen to me anymore, it kind of, but I want you to get this. He, he says if I can get it through you, I'll get it to you. But here's what churches are doing. Here's what they're doing. Churches are saying, and, and individual Christians are saying, bless me, bless me, bless me, but they're living their life like this. 
When God sees that you will bless others with what he blesses you with, you will have more resources in your life. And I'm not talking just about money here. I think that's a part of it. But I'm just talking about a blessed life, understanding of Scripture, um, insight into situations around you, having the right words when a person is struggling. These are things he will pour into your life, wisdom. He will pour wisdom. i got to tell you something. There have been times in my life when somebody asked me something and I said something and it was very, very wise and I knew it wasn't from me and it was almost like they could see on my face. He doesn't know where that just came from. And sometimes I don't. It's God. When you will give it away, when you will say it's not about me, it's about others, it's about the glory of God, it's about others coming to Christ. Listen, listen. It's about others being refreshed, foot washing. It's about others being refreshed and cleansed. It's not about me getting what I can and protecting it, but it's about me trusting God that if I will bless, if I'll be a blessing, he'll pour into my life. If you get this today, this will change your life. It'll change your life if you get hold of this today. The world says, get it, get it, get it. The world says, getting's better than receiving. Jesus said, no, no, no. Jesus said, no, uh, giving. Giving is better than receiving. And and, and so he he wants us to get hold of that. He wants us to get hold of that, that. That giving is the blessing. Giving is where it's at. When he knows, listen again, when he knows he can get it to you, or he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. But if he knows you're going to hoard his blessings, then he's not going to do it. It's right there in the scriptures. Now let's, let's talk about this very practically, and I'm going to hurry. If you're grieving a loss in your life, maybe your husband's left you, or your wife's left you, or the children have left you, or maybe somebody died in your family, or or, and you're just grieving, grieving, because I see people who grieve, and they just grieve on and on and on for years and years and years. And if you're just grieving, grieving, and you can't get loose from that, and that grief's got a, gri- a gift grip on you, then listen, serve. When you begin to serve, when you begin to volunteer, and, and look, I don't want you to see this sermon as a manipulative sermon today to get you to volunteer here. I mean volunteer for good anywhere. We're going to talk to you about opportunities that are available here to serve, but you could go to the hospital and serve. You could go to Kitty Askins and serve. You could go to the soup kitchen and serve. You could go to the the Wayne uh, Pregnancy Crisis Center and serve. You you could go wherever. There are lots of organizations that that you can hook up with and you can serve and, and, and you can volunteer. I'm telling you, it will change your life. It will break things that are, that are burdening you and strongholds in your life and things that the enemy is using to keep you bound. If you will just come out of that in Jesus' name and say, I'm going to serve, I'm just going to stop making it about me and what I'm going through, and I'm going to start blessing other people, I'm telling you, healing blessing will flow into your life. You battling depression? Serve. You battling a phobia, a fear, serve. You battling low self-esteem, somebody told you, maybe a parent, maybe a teacher, maybe a preacher, told you you were nothing, you'd never amount to anything, and so you see yourself that way, start serving, and God will make a correction in your life there. 
You'll begin to see your value. You'll begin to see yourself as he made you. And, and true self-esteem is not when we see what we're all about, what, but when we see what we're all about because of him. That's true, healthy self-esteem. Boredom. Now, when I say boredom, I don't mean you're laying around with nothing to do. You can have a very, very busy schedule, but boredom can overtake your life because there's nothing in your life that is of, of significance. There's nothing in your life that's making a difference. There, there's nothing in your life that has eternal significance. I mean, you kind of draw your breath and draw your salary, and, and you're just bored with life. Listen, serve. Serve. You say, well, what if I don't want to serve in this church? Well, serve in some church. There are a lot of good churches in our community, a lot of good pastors, a lot of good ministry going on all around us. Serve somewhere. It'll change your life. It will set you free. Some of you are sitting here right now, and you know there are bondages in your life, and there are struggles that you think are over, and then there they are again, and you just keep battling the same thing over and over again. Break out and serve. Be a blessing to somebody. You know, boredom leads to pornography. One of the reasons that men get into pornography is because their life has no significance. There's nothing in their life that, that has them excited, motivated, so they get into something like that. And we'll talk about it next week. Lack of motivation. If you'll start serving, you'll get fired up. Some of you depend on creative thought and creative ideas, but you had not had a creative thought or a creative idea in a long time. It'll come when you start serving. It'll come when you start sacrificing. Listen, it'll come when you gird yourself with a towel and bend down in front, in front of somebody and wash their feet. And I don't mean that in the literal sense. I mean that in just being a blessing to somebody. Who are you blessing? Who are you blessing? Who are you helping? Who are you touching who's hurting and suffering? Is it somebody right down the street? Is, it, is, it, is there an elderly couple that live right down the street from you and you've noticed that their leaves never were raked in the fall and they're just still all there? And, and you and your kids or you and a couple of your neighbors or you by yourself could go down there and say, you know, I want to help you. I want to mow your grass. I want to. Is there something you could do for somebody? Be Jesus. Be Jesus. People are sick and tired of us standing up saying who Jesus is, what Jesus is, explaining Jesus. The world's out there going, show me some Jesus. Show me Jesus. What does Jesus look like? You keep talking about how awesome Jesus is, and, and you live your life the same way I do. Isn't that right? i got to tell you something, man. If I was out there in the world, and I didn't go to church, I didn't serve God, I wasn't a Christian, I'd be looking at some Christians going, man, there's no difference in our lives. Except you just get up every Sunday morning and fuss all the way to church. Fuss all the way back. Amen, amen? We got to be different. Now let me just give you um, an organizational equation right here. Uh, there's a whole lot of things I could say about what I was preaching on, but let me just move to the next segment. Uh, uh, any organization, especially an organization that is ruled and run by volunteers, and that organization is, is growing, that, that's us. Whitley Church, we're growing. Over the last six months, we've broken attendance records about four or five times. So we're growing. But guys, if our volunteer base is this big, 
and we're not expanding it and more people aren't flowing into service and ministry in this church, then what happens is you get that narrow base and then the sides are going up like that because the church is growing, but out of the church growing, people aren't filtering into service ministry here so it keeps the volunteer base narrow and that makes any organization top-heavy. It's not stable, instability. And how many churches have you seen who, because of what goes on in the st- on the stage, it's very attractional, so a lot of people come to that church, but the leadership of that church doesn't talk about get involved, help us serve, let's widen the back. And, and you'll see a great church that you thought was so healthy and so strong, all of a sudden it'll go boom and fall over. And it's splitting and people are going and another church starts down the road and all that kind of stuff. So here's what we're trying to do today. Here's the vision I'm casting. We got to broaden our leadership base. We got to broaden our volunteer base today. So it'll be stable. Now, now there's a scripture for that in the Bible. Exodus 18, 13 through 27. It's a story about Moses. And he's got the children of Israel, and they're out in the wilderness wandering around. And Moses has set up this pattern that is not biblical. It's not the pattern Jesus set up. It's it's not what God wants, but it's the only pattern he knows. So he gets up every morning, walks out of his tent, sits on a big rock. People line up and bring their problems, bring their stuff to him because he's the pastor. He's the leader. So they all line up and they're just coming up to him and he's helping them work out their stuff and he's helping them work out their problems and he's talking to them. And the line is long every day. And at the end of the day, Moses is wore out, but he's got to quit because it's like the end of the day, it's time for dinner, so he's, he's got to quit. But the line's still long. So what does that tell you? A bunch of people's needs aren't being met. Okay? So he's doing this day after day after day, and his father-in-law is there, and his father-in-law's name is Jethro. Now, Jethro comes up to him. Now, Ellie Mae wasn't there, but Jethro was there. And Jethro walks up to Moses, and this is what Moses' father-in-law says to him. He says, what are you doing to the people? Not for them, to them. It's a negative context. What are you doing to the people? Moses goes, well, I'm the pastor. I'm the leader. I'm the man. So I have to come out of my tent and sit on the rock. And, and, and Jethro goes, but that's not what God wants you to do. He looks at Moses and basically he says to him, and this is Farrell Hardison commentary here, but he basically says to him, you know, you're not the only guy with talent. You're not the only guy with gifts. You're not the only guy with the gift of leadership. There are other people in the nation of Israel, which would be kind of like our church today, who have leadership gifts, and they're even better at some stuff than you are. Moses was one of those pastors. Have you ever met pastors like this who have to have their hands on everything? They have to have their hands on it. You can't even have a rehearsal unless the pastor's there to see how rehearsal went so he can straighten everything out and say, I don't want that. I got to tell you something. I am not that kind of pastor. As a matter of fact, my, my ministry directors and leaders under me are going, Pastor, will you please tell me what you think about that? Because, because God has called me to do what he's called me to do here, but I only have two or three gifts. All of you have two or three different gifts, some of them primary gifts, some of them secondary gifts. And, and 
He wants you serving in your gift. We're all, not just pastors and staff, we're going to all stand before God one day and go, God, here I am, and I'm a Christian, and you're in my heart, so I'm about to go into heaven. And he's going to go, whoa, 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 this is called the judgment seat of Christ. It's in your Bible. And he's going to go, now, now, after you accepted me into your heart, what did you do then? Well, I, I, went, I took notes when the pastor preached. I'm not talking about that. What, what did you do to serve? And see, we, we got the idea that coming to church is service. That's why coming to, you get to come to church. Service is, is rolling up our sleeves, getting the towel. Who can I bless? Who can I help? And so Moses changed it, and he broke it down. He broke down the, the leaders of Israel, and all of a sudden, this isn't in your Bible, but uh, Moses was able to go to the Bahamas. Now listen, <laughs> here's, what, here's what his father-in-law said to him. He said, if you don't make this change, it's going to kill you. He said, this load, and you read this, uh, put that scripture back up there, guys, Exodus scripture. You, you need to write that down, read it when you get home. He told Moses in that scripture right there, he said, he said I'm telling you right now, God didn't intend for you to carry a load that heavy. Did you know in the book of Psalms it says that our frame, our makeup, is to carry only so much weight? And when we try to carry more weight than our frame was designed by God, that's when you have breakdown. That's when you get into pornography. That's when you go back on God. That's when you begin to operate in the flesh instead of in the spirit. Wisdom, people. That right there is some of the greatest wisdom you'll ever have, you'll ever get from the scriptures. So Moses... Moses uh, got some other people involved, and he and Miriam went on a cruise. Amen. Um, I know some of y'all go, I, I did not know that. Where is that? It's in the book of Hezekiah. Okay. Hezekiah's not in the Bible. Stop looking. All right. <laughs> Look in Samaritans. All right, listen. Um, one more thing. Put the last slide up, guys. One of the things I hear from people, and Pastor, come on up here. Pa pastor uh, uh, Wes is going to come. He's our Smithfield pastor. Can we give it up for Pastor Wes? <laughs> pastor Wes is our, uh, he, he's our pastor in Smithville, and he's going to talk to you. We're meeting once a month there, but in June we're going to start meeting um, uh, weekly, uh, and so he'll tell you all about that, and, and there's some needs there. But I keep having people come up to me, and if you're here, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. But they come at me and they go, I just, this church is too big. It's just too big. And I just don't feel connected. And I just feel like I got to tell you that most of the time that means I'm not getting enough attention. Did I, did that, I said that out loud too, didn't I? Um, it's mostly for the first service people, but I just wanted to mention it in this service. Hey, listen, service equals connection. You start serving as an usher, you're going to get to know the ushers. You start serving as an usher, guess what? You're saying, welcome, welcome. You're getting to meet people as they walk in the door. You're back there serving coffee, you, you get to know the people on the coffee team. You meet people coming up to get coffee. And let me tell you this, and, and a lot of people can't handle this, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
Here at Whitley, you don't have to believe first. Here's the way most churches are. When you believe, then you can belong. Not here. Um, you can, there are some things you can actually do in this church and serve in this church, even if you haven't decided to believe what we're preaching yet. Uh, now, you can't teach a class. We can't have you in the music or something like that. But I tell you what we can do. We can put you in the parking lot and put the big Mickey Mouse gloves on, and you can wave at people as they come in. Amen? Amen. See? Somebody's very excited about that over here. Listen. You can serve coffee because we want you to know that if you're checking Jesus out, if you're checking the Bible out, we want you to know that you're right where you belong. You're right where you belong. Are y'all with me on that church? Because I got to tell you now, most churches don't teach that. Most churches go sign right here, sign this, and who, who are you kin to in this church? Oh, I'm not kin to anybody. Oh, you'll probably never get in. <laughs> wait, though, wait. How much money do you make? Oh, well, you might make it in then. <laughs> Our church isn't like that. You don't have to walk, jump through a bunch of hoops to get involved in this church. Matter of fact, let me show you what you have to do to be involved. Take these two fingers. Put them right here. Do you have a pulse? Because if you have a pulse, what's my saying? We will work you like a rented mule. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen? I love Wes Boyd, and he's doing an awesome job for us in Smithfield. Uh, we're meeting once a month. He's going to tell you what it takes to have that meeting, what he needs. I want you to listen to him, and let's, let's hook up and help him, okay? Thank you, Pastor. Um, we are loving ourselves from Johnson County. Any Johnson County people out here? All right, yes, we are We are enjoying being there at Johnson Community College. We have uh, actually met three times now, November, December, and January. Uh, we're getting ready to do our fourth one, which is February 10th. It's um, right after the conclusion of our porn week. And so we're excited about that. We're looking forward to that. Um, we just want to invite you to come out, to join us. It's a, it's a large auditorium. It seats about 1,200, as you can imagine, on a Thursday night. That's really a huge facility. And so the great thing is just coming and worshiping with us. So those that visit, those that come, don't feel lost in a huge room like, well, where is everybody and that kind of stuff. So it's just great to have you come and partner with us and, and worship and celebrate the amazing God that we have in heaven and just allow them to, to be a part of that. So we encourage you to do that. That's one huge need that we have that we would love for you to be a part of that and just come and bring your children if you have children and then let them kind of hang out and play with the other children and stuff like that. We've been blessed. We've had visitors. We've had lots of people that have come and checked us out and and we're excited about that, and we're excited about what God is doing, about changing lives, and the people that we're meeting and hearing the stories, and even the, the campus now, the fact that we're on the campus, and the students that we're able to talk to, and they're, they're kind of checking us out. Um, we now have uh, where our services out in the lobby area, so as they go from the library and back and forth, they can actually hear worship, they can hear what's happening inside, and some have actually kind of like sat there the whole time and just listened to the service, and, and you know, that's just an awesome thing, the fact that they're just checking it out, and they're hearing the word, and they're hearing what's happening there on that campus, and so we're excited about that. We also need just resources from people just to come and help us make that day happen. As you can imagine, you know, that's a huge undertaking. We actually end up taking about six trailers worth of stuff there to Johnson Community College, and that day starts on that Thursday morning at about 9 o'clock. We get here at 9, and we just start taking stuff that we use all over the buildings and stuff, and we pack them in those trailers. 
And it usually takes a little bit of time. So if you have any time on those Thursdays when we are doing those services, if you can come and be a part, even for 30 minutes or an hour, whatever you have, we're so grateful. As you can imagine, when we first started this, the very first one in November, we were just swamped with enthusiasm and so many people. But as, as you do it each time, you know, it gets a little less and a little less and a little less each time. Once we do that, we get everything loaded up, then we arrive by uh, about 3.30, 4 o'clock at Johnson Community College, and then we have to unload those trailers again and get all that stuff placed all around and, and make everything happen, make it look like a church, make it look inviting and exciting for people as they arrive. And, and then, you know, the actual service time kicks off about 7 o'clock, so, you know, we need, need people just to be there to work parking lot and to, to work in, uh, you know, the children's area and different places like that. And then at about 8.15... You know, we're still on the same Thursday. About 8.15, when everything concludes, we got to pack all that stuff up. We have to be out of that building by 9 o'clock. So we have about 45 minutes to, to take everything that's everywhere and make it leave that building. So even if you don't get off work until late and you can show up at 8 o'clock and just be a fresh set of hands and feet to say, I'm here. What can I do to get that stuff loaded up? That's a blessing. And once we get it all loaded up and all put in those trailers, then we drive right back to Whitley Church. And one more time, we open them doors to those trailers. We make it come out of those trailers and make it come back to life at Whitley Church. So as you can imagine, it's a long day. If you can be a part of that, if you can help us in any way, that would just be huge. It would be a blessing to so many people, and we would appreciate that. We're blessed with uh, some amazing core families. We have about 12 that are a part of that, and we're doing a, a great job of, of making life happen there and things happen there, and we're excited about that. We also have some other things that, that God has kind of burdened our heart for, for the area of Smithfield, for the town of Selma that we sort of want to do, and we, we would like to partner there and do some stuff there, and you can help us with that. I know that um, this spring we're going to do the Ham and Yam Festival. Anybody ever been to the Ham and Yam Festival? Yeah, well, if you haven't, it's going to be a new time for you to come out and be a part of that. We're going to go and set up, and we're going to need you to come and, and help us make that happen there, and we'd appreciate that, and we'll get you more info. And, and this spring we want to do an Easter event with eggs and stuff for um, some foster kids in, in Smithfield. We just want to love on them and and make them smile and just let them know that people love them and we love them. And so we're going to need your help with that. One that I'm really excited about is there's a the local shelter there. It's called the Harbor House. And it's a shelter for domestic violence um, for, for women, mothers, and their children that, that are sort of in a bad situation. And they want to leave that situation. And they're always in need of stuff, supplies and stuff like that, as you can imagine, because the need is great. Every day there's a new family or new, new life that's being affected that wants to make that change. And so we want to go to the, the, the Chick-fil-A there in Smithfield, and we're going to host a family night on a Friday night in March. We're looking for a Friday night in March, and, and we're going to sponsor that night, and every dollar we raise, we're just going to give it to the Harbor House. We're just going to bless them. We're going to do that for them because it's real hard, as you can imagine, for them to, to really come out and do their own event. So we're going to do that for them, and we'd love for you to, to partner with us and to do that. And the last thing that's just a huge, huge prayer item is that June is um, when we want to kick off our weekly service. Our last time that we can be in Johnson Community College is, is May. June is not an option. June is not an option at all. So as you can imagine, June is coming, and we got to have a place. So we're going to ask you to pray. We, we know that God's favor has been on us so far, and we know that he has a place for us, and we want to be at that place, that place that he has chosen for us. How many of you believe that God is bigger than real estate, realtors, city council, city officials? How many of you believe that? Amen? Amen. He is. He is bigger than that, and we know that. And so we're going to solicit your prayers to join us as we find that building. We've looked at some great places, some beautiful places, um, you know, that we would love to lease or have. And, you know, they're like, two million, two million. 
We're like, we just want to rent it. We just want to lease it for a little while, just a temporary time or whatever. So we know that, that God will put us in that place he wants us at. And so we, we need to really be seriously seeking his face so that we can just find that place because June is coming. June is coming. We just love you. Thank you for everything you're doing to help us make this happen, and we're excited about what God is going to do. Thank you, Pastor Wes. Thank you so much. Now, guys, we're about to let you go, but I want you to get this sheet out right here in your worship program. Get that out, everybody, and look at that. Now, some of you are already serving. Some of you are already maxed out, so I don't expect you to add something to what you're already doing. I want those of you who aren't serving, or maybe you're not serving very much, I'm putting out the challenge today. I want commitment. We've got to ask for commitment from you today because remember, if we leave this volunteer leadership base this narrow, then we're going to topple eventually as we continue to grow, okay? Let me just tell you some things. We've got uh, openings, opportunities for you to get into a blessed life. What did Jesus say? If you will serve, I've, done, I've set a pattern for you. Jesus said, do it. He said, and if you'll do it, you'll live a what kind of life? Blessed life. So we got kids nursery, you know? And you might say, well, I want to be on the stage. Well, you know, people who are on the stage, we kind of get some of our um, reward down here because people come up and go, oh, that's a great song, or you're an awesome singer, Pastor, that was a great sermon. And every time that happens, we get some of our reward down here. But if you're working in the nursery and you just change one of those barn burners, you know what I'm talking about? And you wonder if anybody knows, Jesus knows. Hey, Jesus knows. And, uh, and Jesus is going to go, yeah, but that was a rough one and you were faithful. And uh, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you for that. So we need, we need uh, uh, more people in the nursery, kids' church, uh, preschool and uh, school age. And uh, Pastor Jimmy is the man to see on that. Uh, also, uh, Eric and uh, Valerie uh, Bailey. Uh, we'll help you out on that. And uh, LaMasters, where, where, is it Laura? Is she in here? Uh, what's her name? Meredith. I knew it was Meredith. I want to know if y'all knew. And y'all did. Good. Uh, Meredith is, look, her and her husband have just been an awesome blessing. Their whole family's coming in serving and, and have just been a great blessing. But, but we need support group under those great leaders, Okay. Impact Girls Club, that's the building right back here, uh, the newer looking brick building right over here, and that's our girls ministry, always uh, can use more uh, leaders to help with that, Royal Rangers is our fort back here, uh, where our boys have their ministry on Wednesday night, Impact Girls Club Wednesday night, our boys scouting ministry on Wednesday night, student ministries happens in the Carpenter's House, the big, big metal building, that's also where 412 Middle School, and uh, uh, 412 and... Um, uh, Encounter Student Ministries, they're trying to get small groups going. So you parents that would be willing to open up your home for some teenagers to gather in your home for a, for a small group Bible study, we need you to step up. If you uh, lead, if you've ever led a group like that, we need you to step up and, and help us. We, we need leaders and we need host homes. Um, the hospitality team is there. Ushers, greeters, coffee shop, connect center, parking lot, guest welcome, first response team. Um, emergency response team. Um, uh, you know, our church is at a place where uh, we have to have security. That you guys don't see it, but there's security here every Sunday. Um, let me just make it real clear. We got people packing heat. You better behave yourself. And so, um, 
So we just live in a world like that, you know, where, where we got we to gotta have that. So if you have ever been in law enforcement or, you, or you've been trained in that area, we'd love to have you to be a part of our security team, walk through the parking lot and, and that kind of thing. And then we've got uh, emergency response. If you're trained in emergency response, you're a nurse, you're a, you're a doctor, we need to know that information. So if something happens here on campus that you can help us with. And if, if we happen not to have on here what you would like to do or serve in, right? Write it in here, write it on here, and, and then fill out the bottom, and we'll call you uh, after a, a, a few days. Uh, give us a few days, we'll get up with you. Connect groups, uh, we need homes, we need leaders. Media, I, I was talking to Travis uh, Scott and uh, Steve Sanders, who, who lead our media. I was talking to them, they said, Pastor, we need to double our media team right now because we've got these other campuses. Did you know Kids Church has media? So they have to have media guys in the Kids Church, and they need media guys over with the teen ministry and the 412 ministry. So we need a lot of guys and gals involved in media, uh, sound, video, recording, lighting. Uh, if you're good with uh, the web and you know you, you have some skill there and, and could be trained to help us keep our websites updated, sometimes we get behind on those. And it's because there's just so much going on at our church and so much is changing so fast. So if you uh, can help us with that. As a matter of fact, what you can do is check and then then circle the little area over here that you're most interested in, and that would help us as well. Outreach, uh, Pastor Jimmy and uh, uh, Lisa and Wayne Powell kind of heading up that, uh, along with the Carters. Uh, prison ministry, helping hands, uh, church and community events. Uh, if you're somebody who's pretty good with construction, we... we um, Maybe you're good with electrical or whatever. We have some single moms out there that, that have stuff break down. We want to help them out. We got a lot of families who have uh, uh, husbands who are deployed and stuff breaks down. They need some help. We're talking about being the body of Christ to these who are in need. And so if you can help with some of that. Now, those of you who are um, you do have a, uh, you are single mom or you are a mom who has uh, a husband that's been deployed or maybe you're a guy that your wife is deployed. We've had that as well. And, and, and we can help you in some way. You got to make us aware of that. So call the office and let us know and we'll be there to help you. If somebody comes home from the hospital and they need a ramp, you know, to their door, we'll send a bunch of guys over there uh, to build a ramp. We just want to be the body of Christ, be Jesus. Uh, to people. Other services you see down at the bottom, uh, just read through those. Meals for the needy, meals for people who have had a family member pass away and we want to help them through this time. Meals for people who come home from the hospital, especially if it's the woman, you know, who's coming home from the hospital and uh, we don't want the children to die, so we don't want daddy cooking and we want to help with the meals there. If that's something you can do, circle that, check it. We'll call you in the next few days and uh, talk with you. So look at all of that. Um, again, guys, there's just so many opportunities. We got to broaden that, that volunteer base. And, and we just thank you so much today. Now, now here, here's what we're going to do. If you have a question about our church or something you don't understand about 
how to get involved or whatever, write it on here, write it on the back. We'll, we'll look on the front and back of these. This is a chance for you to communicate. Maybe you're new to the church and you say, well, I've always wondered, I've always wondered, I've always wondered, write this down, write it on here. Somebody will contact you and give you an answer to your question, okay? But we're just glad you're here. We thank you for coming to Whitley Church. Listen, we don't want to just be a, a, an average church. We want to be a mobilized body of believers, a mighty army going out into our community reflecting the love of Jesus. And Jesus said that if we would go out and refresh people, he would cleanse them. Amen? Amen. So let's go out there and be Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Father, so much for the hearts of the people who attend our church. I'm so glad that we're not just a church that comes on the weekends and goes through the motions, but we want to continue. When we leave here, we want to go out and continue to be you in our community. I pray, God, that people will accept this challenge from their pastor and their leadership team, and I pray that they will answer the question, who am I blessing? Who am I helping? Is God working through me to help others? God, help us be honest about the answer. And if the answer is no, then Lord, let us turn that around by our right choices that the answer might be yes, I am being a blessing. I am helping other people. Thank you, Father, for this day. To your name be praise and glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Thank you so much for coming today.